Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Monday to you all, Coyotes fans. Welcome back to the Lockdown Podcast Network, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your host, Robin Leon. You're here to get you caught up. All the Coyotes news happened over the weekend, and boy, was it a busy weekend for Bill Armstrong and the Arizona Coyotes. So you're, you're sure going to want to help and tune in here to help me uh, talk about all this. Uh, we have a very special guest, Arizona Coyotes Insider, azcoyotesinsider.com. Craig Morgan. Craig, how are you doing this this morning? I know you you just got back from a, from a vacation last week, and uh, this uh, all, all this news probably came, came up to you like crazy. Yeah, I can't say it was unexpected. I knew they've been working on a lot of things, um, had a lot of balls in the air, but yes, it, it was an insane week, and as far as how I'm doing right now, as I told you before we started recording, I am pounding the coffee right now trying to get my brain functioning so we can roll right into all these all these things that I'm sure everyone wants to hear about. Yeah, like I said, we had we went through quite a lot that happened over the weekend. Uh, when I we last went on this episode on on a Friday morning, at the time we did not know whether or not the Arizona Coyotes were going to have a uh, first round draft pick. I kept saying. Even throughout the uh, lead, the week ahead, I said, at this time, they don't have one. At this time, they don't have one. A few hours after our episode drops on Friday, Craig, the Coyotes make a move. A pretty big one, at, uh, to, to say the least. That, that should probably be the prefix to everything we say about the Coyotes right now, right? <laughs> at this time. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was a mega deal. And, and listen... Um, Oliver Ekman Larson going to Vancouver was was clearly uh, the biggest part of it. When they went into this offseason, I don't think it was any secret to anyone that moving Oliver was, if not priority number one, priority number one A. They tried to move him during the last offseason. Of course, they only had two teams to work with. Um, he opened it up because I think Oliver and his agent, Kevin Epp, realized that it was time to, for Oliver to move on. There was just too much baggage here. It was clear ownership didn't want him. Management didn't want him. They wanted to get rid of his contract. So this deal goes down. I, I don't even know where to start with this one, to be honest, Robin. I, they, uh, they they moved on from uh, the only, only the fourth captain in franchise history. And while his game has clearly declined over the last four seasons, Oliver is such a good human being and has done so much for this franchise that it was tough to watch that alone. And then you throw in Connor Garland, who was, he's probably one of my top five players ever that I've covered in terms of enjoyment um, from, from every angle, simply watching him on the ice because he brought such a unique style to the ice with his, his skating ability, the way he used his edges, particularly in the corners, his, his fearlessness, his competitiveness. And then the fact that he was such a spectacular and open quote, Really going to miss him as well. I know Coyotes fans are going to miss him. But when you look at what uh, Bill Armstrong was charged with doing, he accomplished it. He, he's just, he's, he's amassed a, a crazy amount of draft picks. He got back into the first round. He got a wing, a, a goal scoring wing who was number two on uh, Corey Pronman's board. And he got rid of Oliver Ekman Larson's salary. So 
look, it, you can't say that Bill Armstrong is is killing it yet. He's killing the initial plan. All he's done right now is set himself up for the Coyotes to start this rebuild. But in step one, Bill Armstrong has absolutely crushed it. That's the uh, the what we're all looking at: short term pain for long term success. And uh, you know, it yeah, like you said, it's not a big surprise that all of this went down. And I think I now I personally I think back to. Uh, a couple of the words from the uh, introductory press conference, press conference for Andre Torrini, um, where you know, I think you know both him as well as Bill Armstrong shared that you know the same theme of you're know, looking for a fresh start here in the Arizona Coyotes, and you know, obviously that you know, to us to, that means well they're going to look for that that from the ground rebuild, and this is I mean these are the first steps and. Obviously, the Aiden Hill trade was the one. Uh, you know, now dating back a little over a week ago, was the was that first step, and then every other trade that happened after that. I think I mean, I'm with you. Bill Armstrong is making all the right moves. Yeah, it's it's it. And as I said at the end, there, this just sets you up, right? You still have to draft well. You still have to find. You know, I, I think everybody considers it, it. It's crazy to hear it when you hear the percentages, but every, everybody thinks if you get two NHL players out of a draft, you've had a really good draft. So I, I'm pretty sure Dylan Gunther is going to be a, a good NHL player. We'll, we'll see what his ceiling is. But there there is pretty much consensus from the scouts and analysts that I talked to that the Coyotes had a very good draft. They will get another NHL player out of this. So that's how you start it. Um, but they have a long way to go. They, they need a lot of pieces. As we know, they need to start restocking their blue line. They still need elite centers. They need so much that there's a long way to go here. So you can't, you can't say, okay, it, it's great. It's all good now. We get it. We're fully on board with the rebuild. They have to execute in the draft. The thing that gives me hope with this group in particular is that Bill Armstrong cut his teeth in scouting, right? He, he came up with the Blues, both as a scout first and then as their director of amateur scouting. He had some some pretty good success there. Then he brings on Daryl Plandowski, who was with Tampa Bay. And I mean, if you look at Tampa Bay's drafting history, it's... It's just off the charts. So you've got two guys right at the top there. You have Ryan Jankowski as his right-hand man, and they've been hiring some really well-respected scouts. So at least it feels like they have a chance to start drafting better because I don't know if you saw the uh, the list I wrote of uh, the best draft picks in Coyotes history, but it, it is a depressing list. They have not drafted well over the 25 years in the Valley. And, and some of that, of course, is development as well. You could argue that maybe they blew it with some of those projects that they they rushed too soon or they did other things wrong in development. But this has been a clear stumbling block for, for the Coyotes. They have not drafted and developed well, and it has really killed their chance at success. Yeah, and uh, and and that's and that's why I think a lot of us are really hoping the best out of uh, out of Dylan Gunther because I think uh, you know. I mean, it's it, this draft was hard to really to really gauge out of too, Greg, because the uh, the a, a lot of the sample sizes for you know, very many of these prospects were incredibly small. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with, with Gunther, yeah, everyone was like, "Yes, this is a true goal scorer." He had you know averaging more than two you know two points a game. That's all great, but also he only played. What was it? What was it like? 14 games in the WHL last year because of how small 12 actually 12 yeah (laughs) that's not a lot of games it's hard that's what makes it hard yeah it really does and yeah you can't underscore that point enough Uh, look they 
Daryl said this and Bill said it all year that the top guys, I think everybody knew already who they were going to be. And Dylan certainly fell into that group. But you still want to get a significant body of evidence on him from this season to see where his development has gone. I mean, when you took you look at the, some of the players that they took after that, there wasn't enough. So they're still projecting. Um, the Coyotes tried to do as much uh, live scouting as they could, given all the restrictions this year with border crossings. Uh, with protocols in arenas and all that. And and my understanding from Daryl is that they probably were in the upper half of the league in terms of live viewings. Uh, he told me his experience on the road was that a lot of scouts told him, yeah, our, our team's you know not paying for a lot of scouts to be out on the road this year. So it was about half the guys, and they, they were hoping that that would work in their favor. But still, you have the OHL not playing a single game this season. That is the league that produces the most draft picks every year. You have other Canadian leagues, like we just talked about with the WHL, playing very limited schedules. The European leagues played limited schedules. Some NCAA programs didn't play at all, while others played limited schedules. So it was basically the USHL that was playing a full schedule, and probably why they they had so much success in the draft this year. Um, but it, it, it yeah, it, it's a lack of data. It, so you really, I mean, the, the draft is a crapshoot anyway, but I think it's going to be even more so when we do the final analysis a few years down the road of this year's draft. Yeah. I got, I, I really am going to be curious to see, uh, like let's say like five years from now, the redraft of the, the 2021 draft, see <laughs> exactly how different it would be. <laughs> Seriously. Fifth round picks climbing up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be wild to see. They really thought some guys would drop. It was interesting to hear Daryl Plandowski and, and Ryan Jankowski after the draft say that pretty much every one of the players that they drafted, they were worried was going to go higher. And that's that's probably true of a lot of teams. There was probably a lot of concern because nobody really had an idea where these guys projected. We're going to take a quick break here uh, from this discussion. Once again, this is Robin Leonio as well as Craig Morgan of Arizona Coyotes Insider. Great conversation going so far. We have lots of get lots to get to coming up on this episode. But first, I need to let you guys know that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar in the land. I'm sure you guys already knew that. With their so many delicious flavors that you can choose from, there is something special for everyone. Mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, you name it. Other than that, these bars are just absolutely amazing. They taste great. They taste more like a candy bar than they do a protein bar, and they're absolutely healthy. They are they are high in protein, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. So tasty and healthy. Order today by go ahead and check it out at built.com. Once again, that is B-U. ILT.com. Uh, Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Yeah, no one. Uh, it's and, 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 and again, that's the thing because, like you said, um, and like like we all like like both of us said, just because of that limited sample size, and uh, you know, I think that's probably what kind of you know you know led into uh, some of the other picks that Arizona made, especially obviously one um, that. Uh, I think everyone wants to hear about in, which, in their 37th pick and drafting Josh Doan, the son of Coyote great Shane Doan. Yeah, I've been tracking him all season, actually the last couple of seasons, because 
you know, first of all, you know, he's going to ASU, so you want to keep tabs on him anyway. And I've started covering ASU, but he's also of, of Shane's kids. He's the one that I've gotten to know over the years. He's been around the rink a lot. And it's just in some ways he's he, in, in terms of personality and his approach to people, he's so like his dad. So, you know, in terms of character, I can tell everyone zero issues and literally everyone will tell you there are zero issues with these, this kid. He is the same kind of sort of team builder that Shane was where he'll bring people together. You love to have a guy like this in your room, but in terms of the player, it's interesting. A lot of people were, were saying that they reached with this pick that he, he was probably more like a late second round or third round pick. Again, going back to what we just said with how inexact uh, the draft is anyway, and particularly this year's draft, it's a little crazy to even make those statements, to be honest, because nobody knows. But, but with Josh in particular, he's a late bloomer anyway. Even when he went to the steal that first season, he still had growth both in his game and in his body, height-wise and, you know, growing out. He's, he was, uh, as Shane told me, there was like a five- or six-year period where after he was 11 years old where he just didn't grow at all. He was one of the smallest kids. And what was interesting about that is he learned to play the game a different way than his dad because of it. Because he was so small, he had to be very cerebral, see the, see the ice, see what was coming ahead of time. So he became more of a playmaker. In that sense, he's, he's not like his dad at all in, in the way he plays. But then he gets to the steal and suddenly hits this growth spurt. He's 6'2 now. They actually think he's going to grow a little bit more. So now he's he's growing into this man's body, and he just exploded last season in the USHL. Some people might look at that and say, well, he played with a great team. He finished third in the USHL in points. You you cannot diminish that. He, he was a very good player. And as Ryan Hardy, the uh, former GM who's now with the Leafs, told me, Josh had as much to do with other guys' success on that team as they had to do with his. He really blossomed last season, and I don't even think we know what his ceiling is yet. He's still developing and growing as a player. The great thing is we're going to get to watch it happen in our own backyard because he's playing at ASU. I think that's the most important part um, of that all, too, because a lot of people want to follow the development of, uh, you know, of the, of, the, uh, of the farm and, you know, the closest you can get out of some prospects so far is Tucson. Um, and, you know, that's for many people in the Valley, that's about an hour and a half drive. I know because I have to do that a lot if I ever <laughs> want to go to the Coyotes games. Um, but here in the case, it's just right there. Um, you know, playing for Arizona State Hockey, that's huge. You know, good, solid program. And, yeah, it, it's 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 even more important too because that's just hoping growing the fan base here in here in Arizona cuz yeah you see the name Doan people are going to remember that you know people who maybe kind of fell off the wagon a little bit they weren't following hockey for a little bit they rec- they're going to recognize the name Doan cuz obviously Shane Doan's name carries a lot of weight here in Arizona they yeah. see the name Doan at ASU they follow him say maybe they realize that he is a now a prospect for the Coyotes this starts bringing a path back to fa- bringing fans back into games. No question. And you, you hope it develops better synergy between ASU and the Coyotes. They've always had a good relationship, but I think it could be stronger. Uh, and, you know, Greg Powers told me yesterday that, look, we, we take it. We take responsibility for developing him into an NHL player. We feel like that's on us. And, and there's going to be communication with the Coyotes. They're going to be able to watch him whenever they want and maybe offer some suggestions, although I'm sure they're going to, mostly try and stay out of Greg Power's way and let him do what he does. But yeah, again, 
just just the fact that you can go and watch him play, not to mention some of the other guys they have bringing in, it's it's really exciting. It, I'm curious how Josh is going to handle stepping into uh, you know the limelight in Valley Hockey when his father is without question the greatest hockey icon the city has ever known. It can create a little bit of pressure for you, but again, he's got such a good head on his shoulders. He's they've they've just they've just done such a great job parenting, and as a parent, I, I definitely appreciate that. He's just such a a grounded kid. Uh, and Greg Power said it to me yesterday. If there's anybody that can handle that situation, it's Josh Doan. And I'm yeah, and I'm super glad to hear that. And I think everyone is uh, I can't like I think I, there are very few like Coyotes fans that I've that I followed on Twitter that were very upset by or, like upset or thought it was a reach. I think maybe just other other fans outside of the out of like Coyote Land were were questioning this. Yeah, there were some locally as well, but again, you know, you and I just both talked about it. It's it, it's really hard to project with this year's draft in particular. So you know, maybe just take a step back on those and see what happens. Yeah, um, let's let's also take a look to like you know pretty briefly into in, into the rest of the draft, or at least these uh, these other two second rounders. At least um, people were a lot of people were still questioning these two, uh, at least with. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can uh, pronounce some of these right. Ilya Fedotov and uh, Giannis Moser. I'm trying to think. Uh, some of them, they said they, they might be reaches, but obviously, like you said, like we were just talking about with Doan and the rest of the draft, not much to, can, can be said because sample size was small and yeah, we couldn't we we couldn't know. Yeah, with with Fedotov in particular, it's interesting that the talent level is there, the skill level is there. I was talking to Corey Promen about him. He said he he didn't have a good season, and that's that's concerning. But with all that went on this year, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> just not not to throw my daughter under the bus, but it wasn't her best year in school either. And she had been a straight A student. I, COVID throws a lot of things out the window, in my opinion. Um, I think he's, uh, you know, we have to wait and see there. Maybe they can get their hands on him and and help with that development. It's just, it's so hard to understand all the factors that might have played into what a player did or did not do last season. With Mosier, they, they've been on him for a while. I've been hearing buzz about him for a while. The Kaidas have been watching him a lot. So I think they have a really good book on him. He's a little bit older. I don't think he's ready for the NHL yet. In fact, Bill Armstrong told me that. He's, a, he's still a long way from the NHL, but they they like what they've seen there and they think he can can turn into an NHL player. Again, with defensemen, like goalies, it takes a little bit longer to develop those guys. So I think they'd be content just allowing him to uh, come along. BetOnline.ag, guys. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is now in full swing, and you can track the action at BetOnline. Get all the news, odds, and info you need for all your sporting needs, including MOB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs into the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up for your free account today and receive yourself a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Using the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, once again, that promo code LOCKEDON, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. 
Once again, that is your online sportsbook expert and the exclusive online sportsbook expert of the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, I think that he, um, I think what a lot of people like to say is, you know, especially a late second rounder, these guys are what three, four years away from in the NHL. Sometimes, sometimes longer. Sure. If they find in and if they find a good one and they break into the NHL and they end up doing a good job because second round has pr- proved to bring some pretty decent talent. Yeah. And and here's the thing too. When you look at the Coyotes timeline now, now that everyone's finally acknowledging that this is a full rebuild, it doesn't matter. Let those guys develop. It's, it's not about next season or the season after that. It's, it's about a few seasons down the road. And I know that's, that's probably painful for Coyotes fans to hear it. It really is. Cause We've been through this before, and and one of the problems, of course, is that the Coyotes have sort of changed course midstream in some of their previous rebuilds. They haven't stuck with it. They need to stick with it. And listen, I, I think that Bill, that's Bill Armstrong's mo right now. Hopefully, he will have the continued commitment from ownership to stick with this. Hopefully, they won't get impatient and say, you know, hey, how come we're not winning now? Two years, three years down the road, let's build this slowly. Let's build this the way you're supposed to build it. You're probably going to take some lumps, and it's. Yes, again, it's really hard for fans who have been waiting for success for a long time, but these guys can't feel beholden to what's gone on here in the past. They have to focus on their own job and what they need to do to make this franchise successful. Yeah, and I think that's that, that's that's the key. I think everyone needs everyone needs to know is because I think a lot of these a lot of Coyotes fans have been or, or have been super frustrated about. Develop about again about the development and about the you know having to go through another rebuild because they feel like they just like they were just came out like were yeah. coming out of one before because I mean they made the playoffs last year I had you, I had you on my other podcast uh, you know last year as we're talking I'm ready, getting ready to go into the first round and everyone was ex- was excited they thought things were coming up and then things take a turn yeah and and listen you and I both know this too that when you, when you embark on one of those rebuilds you need a little bit of luck in the draft too and they just haven't had that either we'll see what happens in these next two drafts because next year in particular there are a couple players that are franchise players at the top and then the following year you're talking about Connor Bedard there's no guarantee they're going to win the lottery though in in fact the odds say they will not if they got lucky enough to get one of the the next two great centers Shane Wright being the other one of course yeah, that can change the face of your franchise. You you all of a sudden have that guy at the top, at which point everything filters down. They've lacked that for the past two decades, and it impacts everything that you do. But if they don't get those picks, they have to figure out another way. You still have to stockpile really good players. Maybe you go more about it by building out your blue line and your goaltending and then just have four solid lines. We've seen that be a successful formula for other teams around the league, Vegas, of course, being one of them. Really, Tampa Bay too. I mean, they have some they have some star players, but do they have a, you know, that blue chip franchise center? I I don't know yet. I, I don't know that they, they do. But you can maybe do it other ways, and they have to be a you know they have to be flexible to adapt if they don't get Wright or Bedard. Yeah. Plus that uh like that second round, I think everyone's talking about it because everyone knows because. Other than the two that you just mentioned, it's just really, I mean, that's a, you know, a much, much deeper draft than uh, I think what anyone has seen probably for for several years. Yeah. And 
the fact that Bill Armstrong, right, at least at this time, is holding on to, I believe, five yep. second rounders for next year. Yeah, it, and, and some of the players, Daryl Plandowski said this to me as well. We're, everybody's going to be scouting the OHL extra hard next season to see the players that they miss. So throw those guys into the mix for next year's draft as well. I don't think Bill Armstrong's going to hang on to five second round draft picks. He doesn't want to make that many picks in the second round. One of two things, well, one of three things. You can always use them in trade chips, right? Um, but I think he'll he'll try to get back into the first round with yet. A, he'll try and get a second first round pick probably in 2022 because again that draft is so loaded. But he could also push him back to 2023 if it comes to that. I don't think he's going to be making five uh, second round picks. All the same, he's got a lot of uh, chips. He's got a lot of assets now, and that's a good place to be, especially for a staff that is so versed in scouting. All right, we are just about out of time for this episode of Locked On Coyotes. Uh, once again, I'm Robin Leonio, joined by Craig Morgan, the Arizona Coyotes insider. Uh, don't worry, guys. This is uh, only the first part of our conversation at Craig Morgan. You can catch part two we will talk about coming out tomorrow morning. It will be first thing tomorrow morning, so be sure to set your clocks. Subscribe you know, subscribe if you get to already, available everywhere you get your podcast, the Locked On Podcast Network. That way you can find out when the episode drops and you can listen and uh, get caught up as soon as you can. Thanks to Craig for joining. Really appreciate his, uh, his input and his insight. Uh, always great having someone like him on the show. But anyways, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Coyotes. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.